Welcome to College Hockey Southwest Weekly, brought to you by Sprint, the best phones on the best network, a brighter future for all. College Bar and Grill, check out our new location, 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe, behind the mask, serving the Valley hockey community since 1994. OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products, gets the funk out of your equipment or office. M-Drive, for energy, stamina, recovery ice den scottsdale practice home of the arizona coyotes also in chandler college hockey southwest weekly is part of the icetimehockeysw.com network here are your hosts scott strandy and paul hornstein all right welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest and anywhere you may be joining us on podbean or itunes or stitcher or Wherever you get your uh, podcast, Scott Strandy joining you live from Scottsdale, Arizona this evening, and my co-host, Paul Hornstein from beautiful Long Island, New York, which I understand is hitting numbers like 60 or something like that during the daytime. Paul Hornstein, how are you? Um, <clears throat> once in a while, it actually does hit <laughs> a, 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 date, a, no, a number that starts with 60, but I need you to... <laughs> You know, uh, occasionally at night it's still getting down to fours, but thankfully there's no more threes. Oh, that's that's good news. And I understand you avoided the tropical storm. There was a tropical storm. There was. Don't cruising. don't even joke like that because that, that was cruising your direction, and I think oh. it peeled off into the Atlantic. So congratulations for avoiding that. Oh, please don't! No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need any more, do you? Oh, God, no. Um, you know, uh, I'm dealing with some mid-50s, and I'm trying to force myself out of the house to take longer walks, uh, even if the wind is making it feel a little bit colder than it normally is. But uh, uh, if it's windy and sunny, I can live with that. So otherwise, the being stuck inside, theoretically, uh, is definitely – uh, making me sleep or making me want to sleep when the sun's not out. There is, it wasn't like that at the beginning. It is definitely getting like that. So uh, it definitely has been a psychological factor for sure. And hopefully uh, we, we might hit a number with, uh, with a seven oh, boy. in the next few days, oh, boy. but it's going to, it's going to drop right back down. But, you know, yeah. that's the forecast anyway. Oh, um, I hear you. Listen, how the heck did I beat you onto the to the platform? I don't know. Sometimes you're just quicker than I am. <laughs> I don't understand how that happened. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we are here. It's another College Hockey Southwest Weekly. More stuff to talk about in NCAA hockey. More Sun Devil stuff to talk about NCAA hockey. I joked with my co-host Seth Askelson last night on uh, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly that I'm not any longer calling this week nine or week 10 of the uh, shutdown or the quarantine or the stay inside order or whatever that is. It is now week one of the uh, reopening. So now it's a matter of uh, how long it's going to take for us to completely reopen. Did you like a lot of math classes when you were in school? Because no, you're always trying to come up with numbers. <laughs> I don't understand this. Hey, hold on a minute. I got a number. You want the magic number for the uh, Sun Devils yet? Um, I I knew what it was before we even started. <laughs> 25. One. <laughs> well, we, we're going to talk Sun Devil hockey tonight. We got a great guest with us again. Uh, a repeat performance for the uh, state press reporter, um, the sophomore to be when the school season ever starts again. Avery Klatsky is going to join us in just a little bit. Um, nice to have Avery on. He wrote a nice article uh, last Friday as the Sun Devils announced their captains for the upcoming yep. year and dug into a little bit of the uh, potential schedule. I guess we can call it that. Coach Powers says it's done. Other people are saying not so fast because COVID-19 might have something to say about that. Uh, we'll find out from Avery what he knows, and uh, we'll tell people what we know. 
before we get into that, though, we'll, have, we'll have Avery in just a minute. But, uh, Paul, there's all kinds of stuff going on uh, in the desert southwest as we, we talked uh, about Aaron Cohn leaving the Coyotes a week ago um, under different circumstances. Today, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights got their 6,000-seat arena approved in Henderson for their AHL affiliate. So uh, that's happening up there. In the meantime, the AHL affiliate in Tucson of the uh, Arizona Coyotes was crowned Pacific Division champions for the year because they uh, were in first place when the AHL came to a halt. We still don't know what's nice. going on with the NHL. It's still on pause. Oh, they're going to have playoffs at some point. Let's not uh, let's not yeah. kid ourselves. Cause yeah, I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're going to do it. Oh, yeah, that, that's going to happen. Uh, even if they push back the start of the next season, they're going to have playoffs. There is no question. Um, and you can count on the fact that that's going to happen because they want that NBC money. So – and the players do too. Let's not kid ourselves. The it's players not do just too. want; it's need. They need it needs, that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's the difference in my book between the NHL and Major League Baseball. If we can get into that range, Major League Baseball players do not necessarily need that money this season. NHL players, NHL owners, they need every dollar that they can come up with all the time. So uh, that will continue to uh, push on. Um, you know. Uh, I just don't know what to say. It's it's strange how everything's playing out because you'd like to plan ahead. I mean, I've already done some planning for uh, where I'd like to be and how many games I'd like to cover on the road this year. And uh, I don't know if anybody's going to play games to be there. It's just, it's weird. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Um, it's, this is, we've said it before, this is uncharted territory and, and nobody has any idea what's going to happen. Uh, and anybody that says they do, there's so many things involved because you're not just talking about uh, whatever insular bubble that you may or may not be in. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. It's just that as we've seen over the last three or four months, every state and every region has its own sort of uh, game plan. And if they don't mesh up, you're going to have problems and that is affecting every walk of life, whether it's professional sports, college sports, uh, youth league sports, uh, they've canceled the little league world series already. Uh, so, I mean, it's just, uh, we really are doing this on the fly and we're, we're going from there, you know, I mean, we can only do, what we find out, we can only do what we have access to. Uh, we can only do what's put in front of us. I mean, we can't sit here and be like, well, I want to do this and we want to do this and we want to do that. But we just don't know if that's going to be available to us. And we, you know, you, you, you almost have to make two or three different sets of plans at the same time. And I'm sure that's what all the coaches around the country are doing too. Well, let me throw a couple things at you before we get to Avery here in just a minute. But um, the ice rinks are opening up, at least here in the Valley. Uh, Oceanside's got some limited ice times. Uh, the uh, ice dens have some open ice time. Arcadia Ice and Gilbert, uh, AZ Ice Gilbert, AZ Ice Peoria, they all uh, have some open ice. So that's a positive thing. Uh, a little bit on the uh, pessimistic side is I, I heard a little bit of the the uh, conference call from the ACHA uh, and their coaches last Sunday. And basically they came up with four scenarios. They said, we could start the season and play it like normal. We could start the season in the fall and do it without fans. We could start the season in January as, as much as normal with fans, or we could just cancel the whole year. <laughs> that, that's their four scenarios. So well, that's to, all the possible that, yeah, I mean, that's basically... That's all the possibilities right? anyway. So, I mean, that's that's not <laughs> saying... Yeah, but they haven't narrowed it down than, is what I'm saying. They haven't narrowed it down Yeah, they haven't all. narrowed it down at all. So, yep, listen, exactly. we, still have, we still have stuff from last year we haven't covered. Not that it's a lot, but, um, you know, two months ago they gave out team awards, and every time I have the list in front of me to sit there and say, well, ASU gave this award to this guy and so forth and so on, 
can't get it in. So I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying you can't always, you know, the best laid plan, so to speak, is uh, what you can do. And you just have to be open-minded enough to adapt and move around uh, what's presented in front of you. Like, I'm sure that, you know, there are people that have more knowledge about things than we do. And they're saying the same Where? things. If they're not, those they're people? just, oh, that's, I don't know. Just let me open up to my front door and we'll, we'll, and, and, and just grab anybody off the street. And you'll find somebody. So. All right. Let me do a couple of housekeeping things and then we'll get to uh, our special guest, Avery Klatsky with the uh, Arizona state press. Uh, first things first, a quick announcement. I don't know if I've even told you this yet, but uh, the months of June and July, we're going to be doing some giveaways. We got some t-shirts to give away to some new subscribers and to uh, followers. We uh, have some trivia that we're going to throw out there. We also have some summer skates koozies coming your way. So uh, nice. you want to be a, a subscriber and a follower and a listener and a participant the months of June and July, because there's lots of fun stuff coming up that way. And, uh, of course, tomorrow night is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, so you won't want to miss that one at 7.30 Pacific time. Let's take a listen to a couple of our sponsors, Paul, and we'll be right back with Avery Glatsky. Okay. Like a pro, Game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena. College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. We find your product with M-Drive. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Hi, everybody. This is Jay from OxyPal. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from sports gear and, and your gym and all that stuff. Um, in, in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. Um, it is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, this product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxypow.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. 
whether celebrating an overtime game winner or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. All right. I think we got it all covered. Scott Strandy back with you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Paul Hornstein, on Long Island, New York. And our pleasure to welcome back to the show from the state press here at Arizona State, the uh, beat reporter for Sun Devil Hockey, among other things, Avery Klatsky is with us. Avery, how are you tonight? I'm good. Thank you all for uh, bringing me on tonight. It's always a pleasure to come and talk hockey whenever we can. Obviously, with everything going on, it's a little difficult to have a lot of information to talk about, but uh, it's always a pleasure, Scott, Paul, to come on and talk with you guys. So I, I really appreciate you all bringing me on tonight. Thank you. Okay. For those, no problem. For those that don't know, let's start off right there. Avery, the last time we talked to you on the show, uh, we weren't dealing with a pandemic, I don't believe. It was uh, maybe maybe getting close, but we, uh, we hadn't really talked about it. So how are you? How are your family doing? Where are you at? I know where you're at, but tell the audience where you're at. I'm good. So I think the last time I came on, the first time I came on uh, was the week before the Wisconsin series in which they got swept. But uh, since then, I've been doing pretty well. I actually went to New York for spring break. I was able to catch the uh, the Devils-Rangers game at Madison Square Garden just five days before the NHL ended up canceling their season. So that was a pretty cool thing to go to and touring the city and whatnot. Uh, we were safe, though. We came back uh, to Dallas and we're safe. And I'm actually in San Antonio right now. I, uh, I drove down to San Antonio to visit some family. Um, so that was a pretty... Uh, exciting five-hour drive, but uh, things are going pretty well, you know, given everything that's going on. I think there's a lot of things to be grateful for in times like this, so I'm just taking it. Uh, I'm appreciative of everything that's, you know, all the good things in life to appreciate and trying to tough it out. Well, I know you got the summer going on right now, and I'm going to let Paul jump in with some questions here in a minute, I promise, but you uh, put out an article along with one of your uh, your cohorts, I guess, at, at the State Press from last Friday's uh, little presser that they had to introduce the new captains for the Sun Devils. So I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce those captains, and then Paul will take over and fire away a few things at you that uh, that happened at that press conference. Sure. So just to, to sum up the whole captain things, uh, defenseman Jacob Wilson, a senior who was an assistant for all of last season, uh, was uh, granted one of the captaincy positions by Coach Powers, and then along him, defenseman junior, to soon-to-be junior, defenseman Josh Maniscalco was also given the other captaincy position. Uh, which is he he said it was an honor for him because was, I think uh, it was the, it's the first uh, junior to be given a captaincy position, and then as well as that senior forwards Dominic Garcia and then Johnny Walker were also named associate or alternate captains by Coach Powers. So I think it's a it's a pretty good leadership group that they got going on over there. So we'll we'll see. Hopefully it'll translate for them. Uh, but yeah, I think I think Coach Powers picked uh, some of the best guys for the job. Well, Avery, I'm just curious because. When we were talking about this, Scott and I and, and, and some of the other people that I have conversations with, uh, the four names don't surprise me at all. Um, I, I might have thought that some of the, the letters might be in different places, but were you, you weren't surprised by any of this, were you? Not at all. I think if, if you wanted to say that one of them was surprised at any of them, I think it would be the fact that Man Josh Maniscalco, a junior, was selected to be one of the captains as opposed to an alternate. But, I, I mean, I'm assuming the Powers believes that he deserves it and he worked hard for it, and it's a, sort of a testament to his hard work. So I think it, in that sense it's totally justified and makes sense. I would not have been surprised if Johnny Walker was one of the captains just because of what he's put into this program for the past couple of years and his success as a player and everything. And I, I, from all of the videos that Sun Devil Hockey's put out, which they create <laughs> amazing content over there with Mitch and Riley and all them, a lot, Dom, Dom is in a lot of those videos and everything. And it seems, seems as if he is also a really good team leader as well. So all in all, I think it's a, it's a pretty solid group. So. Yeah. Like I said, I, I wasn't surprised at any of the four names, um, but this team is definitely going to have a much different vibe uh, in the next season. Um, were there anything uh, in terms of uh, what you heard and what you saw at the, uh, I don't know, what do you, it's not, it wasn't a press conference. It was whatever it was. I um, Was there anything at that, that that surprised you and caught you off guard? I don't know if anything per se caught me off guard. I just think that 
with, with the way that the season ended, as well as every single other sports program in the in, right. essentially in, on the planet, there's <laughs> sort of an added anticipation to what next season or the next game could bring whenever that should be, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, ASU obviously was basically convinced that they had a spot or they had worked for a spot for the tournament. And there were several right. other teams that, you know, obviously thought the same. And when news started to come out that Harvard, for example, was going to have to forfeit their game because the school uh, suspended classes, so they would have to forfeit the ECAC championship. And all of this news started to break out and the whole stuff with the NBA and everything. And I think a lot of the athletes started to see their seasons taken away right out of their hands from them. And that left a really poor taste in their mouth, especially for all of the seniors that were going to have to say goodbye for their collegiate careers without being able to be playing in the postseason or at the, yeah. you know, get that final shot, right? Especially for mm-hmm. hockey because, you know, Brinson and Pashnik spoke to media shortly after he signed or agreed to terms with the Sharks that it's it stinks, right? You know, it sucks because sure. they've been working essentially their whole careers for moments like that and it's taken away and there's not really anything they can do about it. Right. And I think that's sort of a larger indication of what's going on in the world right now with everything. But, um, you know, I felt bad. Obviously, everyone feels bad for them about that, but Moving forward, I think there's a lot of expectation that it's going to be better than ever before. Coach Powers has talked about how this recruiting class is really, really talented. And according to Neutral Zone, is the second-ranked recruiting class in the country, and they have draft picks and a lot of guys that are going to be able to come in and make this team a lot better than it was last season. So I think if they're looking to take a positive out of that or anything out of surprise, I think that's probably it about their expectations for what lies ahead. Right. I, I think uh, for the first time, in 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 the short history of the program the expectations from the outside are going to be pretty high maybe not as high as they are on the inside but i think they'll be much higher on the outside and i don't think they'll catch anybody by surprise anymore um as long as you mention the transition just out of curiosity because this is the first time i've really had a chance to speak to a current student how was the the, the transition for you it wasn't too terrible. I think I don't. I'm, I haven't really spent too much time worrying about what the school administration has been doing with everything because that's not really my business, and I'm sort of focused on. Everything. No, I meant classes and things of that. Of nature. course, of course, of course. Oh. So all of my prof- I ended school a couple Fridays ago, but all of my professors were extremely helpful, and I think that that's really great because they understand just as well as anyone that it's a really inconvenient time period, especially considering the fact for students that live out of state or even out of the country that they have to go home and move out and adjust to life and, you know, support their families or do whatever and manage classes on top of that, even if they're on the other side of the country or on the other side of the world. Right. So my teachers were very, very helpful and you know willing and everything. And uh, some in the business school, at least I'm a business student. So some of the professors right. in the business school allowed you to take a Y in the class. And essentially what that means is that if you, if you finish with a 70 or higher, you can take something called a Y, which means that you get credit for having completed the class successfully, but that grade isn't calculated into your GPA. So for example, if you got a 78 in uh, economics or whatever, right. And that brought down your GPA, then you could opt to take a Y in the class. And then that would be, you'd get a Y on your transcript, which means I passed the class. And then your GPA is not that, that grade is affected into your GPA. So I think that they're really trying to help students retain scholarships and keep their grades up and everything. And it's, right. it's, a, it's a good thing to see that in a time like that, they're willing to be so uh, helpful. Yeah, I could have used a few of those Ys when I was in school, too. I was just going to say that Paul had a bunch of Ys, but they were the, the word, W-H-Y. <laughs> all right. So, so, Avery, I want to bounce this off of you because I bounced it off of all of our guests on all three of our uh, podcasts. But, you know, when I look at what's happened uh, in the world okay, over the last 10 weeks, and tell me if you think this might uh, might fit a college student and a college athlete. The first couple of weeks, when I talked to players, coaches, whoever, they said it was kind of disbelief and shock, right? They didn't understand what had happened, if it was really real, and they were they were just in shock. But then weeks, maybe three, four, five, everything set in, and I think realization came to a point where they all said, hey, this is something we can't control, and it happened to everybody in the entire world. So we're starting to realize that this is okay. Um, We're going to deal with it. We're going to get through it. Everybody's dealing with it. But then, you know, week six, seven, and eight, I started to see a little restlessness from coaches to players to media people. Everybody's getting a little restless. And right now we're in week 10 by my count. 
And I think that restlessness now is starting to turn into um, desire, right? A desire to see something. Your thoughts on that? I, I think it's, it's, I think that makes sense. And it's also, I think a broader representation of the entire country, you know, uh, when when I realized that I was going to have to fly to Arizona with my mom to move out of my dorm room, it didn't really set in that it was over, you know, it was done. I was going to be taking all my classes from a computer in my bedroom upstairs. But I, the, that's, I think, why everyone felt like March lasted 10 years. Like the, the back half of March was a decade long and it was miserable. And then April flew by and May, we're almost in the, we're past the middle of May, right? So... I think the first couple of weeks, everyone, it's a, you know, I, Paul, you said earlier, it was a time that no one has experienced in their lives. So we didn't really know what to, to expect or to, yeah. to make of it. But now that we've started to establish routines of staying at home or cities, I know Texas, for example, is Arizona and Texas are two of the leading states and reopening the state. So my dad went back to work. A lot of people are starting to try to reacclimate to what their lives were like before all this stuff happened. So I think that the athletes are obviously really upset about it. And something that I think was interesting about hockey athletes that I was actually debating writing an article about is I, some of my, some of my friends who play hockey or whatever have also, and I've just, you know, from having heard and read articles and everything that the transition of an athlete of a hockey player, other than aside from any other athlete is so much more difficult than say a golfer or a basketball player or something else, because skating is just such a unique and interesting physical ability that is so hard to replicate when you can't do it, right? If you're a golfer, you can go to a golf course right now because you can just play by yourself and then that's you're technically being socially distant, right? If you're a hockey player, you can't go to rinks because they're closed. You can't go to the gyms because they're closed. You could do conditioning stuff, but that's nowhere near similar to emulating skating or shooting or stuff like that. It's just so difficult for them to get back into shape. And I, I, I know you were talking about this earlier a little bit, Paul, about the NHL, NHL trying to resume but they're going to have to if they if they do that they're going to have to give their players a solid couple of weeks if not a month or more to get oh i don't i don't think there's shape. any doubt about that exactly and it's just so weird that hockey is such a unique sport in that respect that it's the the the, the amount of physical requirements is is so different than any other sport we've seen and i think that's really interesting well because first of all not only do you have to get used to skating again and it's as you said it's a much different skill now i don't know uh, if you've spoken to any of your friends that have, you've actually had that conversation, but not only do you have to get used to skating again, it it's almost like a catcher in baseball who's got to get used to getting hit by foul tips and pitches and so forth and so on. You have to get used to getting hit again. You're right, I, and and that that is a that's a good point to mention as well. I saw a tweet on Twitter that. I don't even know who put it out, but it was someone was saying that I think it was a, someone, some hockey player might've been Ryan O'Reilly or someone said that if we have playoffs, it's going to be the best playoffs NHL playoffs ever because all the guys, all the players are going to be healthy because they're at home. They're stuck at home. Right. So they, they can just heal. And when you give those players those that time to get back in shape, they're going to be firing on all cylinders. And when you have, you know, a 24 or a 16 seed team playoff, anything can happen. Right. So I think that we're all, you know, clinging to life that something will, Will, will emerge or come to the surface as to what the future with professional sports holds. But it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's like, like trying to see through a mirror glass. You're just not going to see anything, right? No, and, but, and that is the curious part. Um, I, I think, uh, because, you know, football hasn't had any interruptions yet. Uh, basketball players can definitely, uh, you know, do their running and, and stay in that kind of cardiovascular shape. But it, compared to those two baseball and hockey are much different in terms of what it takes to get ready to play at least certain aspects of the game. Uh, and uh, it definitely is going to be something that we're not going to be able to decide right away uh, how it ended up because you're going to have to wait and see what happens on the whole in order to get an idea of just how much of an effect the pandemic has had and having on uh, professional sports and college sports, because you remember not, none of the college athletes uh, are, are on campuses being able to work out either. So we are in a giant size world to be unknown. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and David, let's jump back into uh, NCAA and, and specifically Sun Devil hockey one of the other things that's happened is the, uh, the recruiting class for this year was announced. You already touched on the fact that they, uh, 
They are a number two in some areas as uh, an overall only to North Dakota, which is kind of nice to hear when you're in that blue blood group of uh, groupings when you talk about your recruiting class. But there's also some draft picks, uh, namely Cole Brady for sure. And, uh, and Mr. O'Reilly, I believe coming in are, are both already draft picks. Um, it's going to be very, very competitive. And this is going to be the first year that Coach Powers is going to have to deal with so many upperclassmen, so many talented players, and trying to make all those pieces fit. What's your thoughts on just how much juggling is going to have to be done in that lineup if everybody stays healthy and performs to their, uh, their best? I think it's going to be really interesting to see what comes of all of it. Uh, as you mentioned, obviously, this is a really, really good recruiting class. You know, put aside Ryan O'Reilly or Cole Brady for a second. They're bringing in guys like Matthew Copperhead, Carson Carson Cossabot. I really hope I didn't butcher their names. Michael Mancinelli. These are guys that Coach Powers and Alex Hicks and Mike Field all sought out because they thought that they could be a part of something special and they were worthy guys. I I interviewed Coach Field a couple of months ago. I want to say it was back in January or February about a recruiting piece that I wanted to run. And this was sort of around the time that they were starting to announce recruitment news. And I feel really bad because I never ended up using the audio in an article. So I feel bad. So I, I should could feel listen to this note. I apologize that I didn't really use the quotes <laughs> in a story. And I feel bad about that. But what's something that he did mention is that we got to the topic of draft picks and draft selections, recruiting to schools. And he said something that I think is, is sort of important is that you don't really have to have a, an NHL team next to your name on the roster sheet to be a good player for this program. It was something along the lines of that and just, the fact that, you know, D Demetrius Kumanzis, for example, he was a Calgary draft pick. He's a good player, but I don't think that Coach Powers expects so much more of him just because he was a draft pick. I think they expect everything out of all their players, regardless of whether you're a walk-on or you're a guy that didn't have any have many other offers to schools or anything. I think that that, that standard has been set. And so I think that not only are they going to expect everything out of all of their players, I think that they're going to see that a lot of those players are going to give everything they have and they're going to be good too. And when you have a combination like that, it's really hard to stop. Yeah, let me quickly follow up on that one. And then Paul can jump in with something. But um, when I looked at that roster and I look at possibly 10 seniors on there and I'm going like, man, this is what you call depth, right? Because some of the, the uh, freshmen and sophomores are better skilled, more talented players than those seniors. But yet your seniors have been your, your sophomores and juniors from years past that have helped build this program. Um, it's going to be a challenge, I think, and, and credit to Leanne Blinn, who we had on the show here about a month ago, because she keeps everybody so darn healthy that it's really hard to crack the lineup. But once, once that opening night is, uh, is set in the books, it's really hard to get in that lineup unless you really screw up or you get injured. So mm -hmm. just your thoughts on, on mixing and matching those pieces. Yeah, so just to touch on your your senior stuff, just really briefly, that's going to be an hour long senior night presentation. If I'm if, if, if I'm counting correctly, I think that they have, I think that they have nine senior returning seniors or nine players that will be seniors that were on the roster last year. Excuse me, and we don't really know what the situation is with Sean Doogie yet because with not only with all the coronavirus stuff that's happening and the transfer rules, it's just so confusing because I know that Chris Grando had to sit out this year. He'll be a senior. Uh, playing his final season whenever next season should happen. And then obviously the situation with Sean Doogie, we don't, we don't really know what's going to happen, but should he play next season, he will be a senior as well. So that would be 10 seniors for that program. And if that doesn't show good retention and uh, strong recruiting, I really don't know what does. But to touch on your lineup stuff for a minute, there's going to be – let's assume for a second that Doogie does play. That means that there would be 26 skaters on that team. Not not including goaltenders, so that'd be 17 right. forwards and nine defensemen. The defenseman, I think, is a little easier to figure out because right. there's less there's less spots. So then that means it's just easier to to put them together. So, you know, when you have six defensemen pairs, then that means you, you obviously there'll be three guys out or one's a scratch or whatever. Right? Connor Stewart, uh, as we all know, spent some time in that role where he would play as a bottom six forward if if coach needed him to, or could also fill in on the on the back end on defense. So I think it's going to be really weird to see what line combinations we see. I'm sure we'll see some that stick together. Like, uh, you know, like Lemieux's line, I think the, the chemistry was there, so I'd probably stick together and things like that. But when you obviously have guys that leave, like Brinson Pashnuk, you need players to fill that hole. So we'll see what happens with that and 
how players fill the gaps. It'll be interesting. Well, I, I think if you're a, 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 a diehard, die-newell hockey person, um, I think the ASU practices this season, if you have a chance to go to any of them, will almost be must-see hockey because you are going to have guys fighting to get into that lineup, and you're not going to – you know, sometimes when you guys practice just out of uh, natural human reaction, uh, there's, quote-unquote, nothing on the line, and, and, and you might let up in a practice or two. You do that this year with this team – and I don't know if you agree with this or not, Avery. You're not. You're gonna. You could lose your spot in the lineup very quickly with how deep this team is going to be. Yeah, you could. I, something. One of the main storylines at the very beginning of the season was what's going to happen in net because Coach Powers had a three capable goaltenders in Max Prodzik, Justin Robbins, and Evan DeBrower. And you know, as members of the media, Coach didn't really say who was going to start. I, I don't know. You know, he tried to keep it like super secret or anything, but we had no idea what was going to happen because any three of those guys could have gotten the start net and they knew that, but they also knew that to not take it personally, it was, you know, I'm going to work hard to get this spot. But at the end of the day, if I'm not the guy that gets my name called to start in the pipes, then I'm still going to support my team and hope that they can do everything they can to win. So I think it, that is going to be sort of emulated more in other positions this season with more players and a lot more talent. So it'll be fun. I, 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 I always enjoy the practices, aside from freezing to death, as I've mentioned before, that you told me not to mention, but I'll do it again. But uh, there's a lot to be excited about, even if you're a member of the media and just being able to watch it and be around it. So it should be, it should be a lot of fun. All right. And I want to jump into uh, to talk and schedule a little bit, Avery, because I've got two areas we want to talk about before we let you go. We want to talk schedule, and we want to get your thoughts on uh, not only as a student, but as part of the media covering this team and the fact that, there's going to be a building on campus and it hopefully will be done before you graduate. So let's first talk about the schedule. It's kind of leaking out in bits and pieces. I know in your piece, uh, coach Powers said it's basically done and uh, they're just waiting. Uh, basically I think COVID was his answer as to why um, he doesn't want to release it right now, but uh, we kind of know where they're going and who they're, let's start off with the tournament. They're going to uh, Milwaukee for the Pfizer tournament, assuming that everything plays out. And then they're coming back, or at least we think they're coming back for the Desert Classic. It's going to be played somewhere. Any thoughts on the tournaments and the, the competition they're going to play there? I think it's really good for the recognition of the program on a national stage, especially for a program that's young and new and trying to make a name for itself. And they, they have, they've done a really good job of doing that. Going to a big tournament in the Northeast sure, I, certainly has to help their reputation and their recognition with other people across the country. So I think that's a really good thing as well. And then the Desert Classic is, I think, a week or shortly after that. So they're going to come back here and then they'll host Nebraska, Omaha, and Air Force and, and Cornell. So those are those are all good teams that they have rivalry with, rivalries with and relationships with, which is really good. And then obviously in the uh, in the Milwaukee tournament, they're going to be facing Wisconsin, who they who they played, Clarkson, who they played and, be, and played, and then UConn. So all good programs to play against and the fact that it's a tournament I'm sure gives gives the team a little added boost as well something about the scheduling that I think is worthy of mention I don't know if you guys know that I saw this on Twitter or anything but I think this was reported earlier today that in the Grand Folks Herald that some teams are actually beginning to cancel their non-conference flight trips for the upcoming yeah. season and Arizona State is actually included in that so Holy Cross apparently was scheduled to host a t or host or go to I, mean, I don't know it wasn't mentioned in the article a two-game series with ASU that's been canceled. So I think that's a, an example of why Coach Powers didn't really want to release his schedule yet is because he knew that anything could happen. And it's not really appropriate or the, the best idea to release your schedule and say, hey, here's our schedule, we're excited, and then have to backtrack and say, oh, never mind, it's canceled. So I think that it's good that he's waiting uh, and to see what happens, and that's an example of that. So I'm assuming that either he's going to give the team a bye week or try and fill a hole with something. So. Right, yeah, and then you throw in that extra wild card of something we've talked about a couple of times here on the show is Team 61, uh, yeah, LIU, I was gonna say, who Paul. decided in April that they're going to start in October, um, and uh, I'm happy for it, and they'll have a schedule, I assume, like ASU did in its first uh, D1 season. Um, you might end up seeing them a couple times on the schedule uh, as the two independent teams. Um, 
you know, you, it, it probably wasn't planned that way, but I don't see uh, any way that uh, Coach Powers doesn't try to help them as much as possible and pay things forward where I would be surprised. And I, I don't know this uh, coach hasn't told me either um, that LIU ends up on the schedule somehow, some way. So I think that's be, another wild card. Miss. I think that'd be really cool. Not just because those are the two newest programs, but also I, I gotta say those would be the two just most amazing uniforms playing against each other. That, that, school, <laughs> that school has an LIU has an obligation to create the greatest hot college hockey uniforms. Those colors are great. They have a the shark, great mascot. I was talking about this on Twitter uh, when the team <laughs> announced its intentions to come D1 with Reagan Smith. So Reagan, if you're listening, just know I'm shouting this out. Those jerseys are going to be great. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with their program and obviously keeping up with it. And I'm sure that Coach Powers probably wants to get them on the schedule at some point. That'd be pretty sweet. And then a shout-out to Adidas, because now they're going to have to figure out another uniform combination for uh, for John Loeffner to uh, put together to uh, keep up with the Joneses, if you will. Yeah, they haven't I figured out all the combinations yet? Not yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm also sure that John probably wants to keep ASU at number one on the list of best <laughs> hockey uniforms compared to any other school, so props to I him. Believe, I believe that's a given. Let's uh, let's talk about the, the talk of the arena um, you know, a story broke, uh, what, month and a half ago or so by uh, Jeff Metcalf. We had him on the, uh, the podcast uh, a month ago, and uh, he told us a little bit about what's going on with the arena. The location now is firm and set. They're doing uh, soil testing. Sounds like uh, they are going to break ground in November, all things with our fingers crossed. But as a student now in your sophomore year, starting your sophomore year, how cool is that going to be to say that you were on campus when a new facility was built for ice hockey at Arizona State University? It's going to be nothing short of amazing. Coach Powers, in the media thing that he did on Friday, he was asked about the update status of the arena. And all he would really tell us is that it's due to be completed by August 2022, which would be the very beginning of my senior year, assuming I don't graduate early. Uh, and I think that'd be great because an on-campus stadium is really something that this program has wanted ever since they became D1. And I think that's also sort of prohibited them from really exploring opportunities with respect to conferences and more tournaments and bigger games and bigger crowd attendance and everything. Don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy Oceanside, but I'm sure that every single person in that program would prefer a new big nice stadium on campus so uh, you know whether that be you're a, a person in the program or a student or anything or a hockey fan I think it's really good for the program it's good for the school it's good for the students too because students like going to games and now that they're going to have easier access to and from the stadium and probably more seats and or definitely more seats excuse me and it'll be great but it was weird not to go on our tangent or anything it was weird because covering when I first came to school I I, I knew that they were going to, they were going to try to build a stadium, but it was sort of this weird, interesting, unknowable, you know, wormhole because no one really understood where the status was at with the, either the board of regents or whomever about building a stadium. It was not really something that was talked about. Mitch didn't really give any details. <laughs> nobody, nobody talked about it, Avery, from, from the day that I stepped in there with coach powers five years ago, it, it's been a mystery. Um, but it, it seems to be coming to fruition. Yeah, it was like it was kind of like a top government secret that they didn't want anyone to know about. But good news is the secret's out. So hopefully the the, the construction goes smoothly. And I, I would hope not that I would hope that all the COVID stuff and everything doesn't delay the uh, the construction of that. Because if they'd have to wait another season for that, that would obviously not be uh, ideal. But good good for them for getting a stadium. And I think it's going to be. I I haven't seen like designs or anything yet because I don't know if anyone has. But hopefully it'll be nice. So at least I I know I won't hit my head on a pipe going up to the press box. And, <laughs> yeah absolutely so, uh, let me paul let me quickly follow up and then you can throw this on um you know paul and i have talked avery about about the fan support and, and a lot of people have talked about with all the students that are there how cool would it be as a student to have maybe a section behind each goaltender as students you, you know what the 942 crew does at basketball games how cool would that be to have maybe 500 or more students behind each goal uh, for home games? Wouldn't that be cool? 
That'd be pretty awesome. I know that the basketball team has the curtain of distraction for three, or three, three throws, excuse me. So I don't really know how they would orchestrate that for hockey because, you know, players don't get penalty shots all that often. But if they did, I'm sure that the student section would go bonkers. But I think that the program is, as, as you know, starting to make a bigger name for itself on campus. And I think that when they announce a, or open, excuse me, a huge multi-purpose arena, that's just all the more reason for more students to show up and go to the games and be excited about it and become hockey fans. So I, I, I anticipate that there will be a lot of people there. And the, at the first home game, there's going to be a ton of people there. Media is going to be jumping on it like crazy. And it'll be good. It'll be a good moment for the program too. So. Yeah, see, I was going to ask you about that because you actually are on the campus. Um, as the season went on, did Buzz – did, did, did it feel like a lot more buzz was building up on the campus? Because, you know, nothing creates excitement like winning. And this was going to be two years in a row. Uh, I know you weren't there last year, but what were your feelings about the buzz amongst your fellow students uh, on campus? I certainly think that it was increasing. I don't know by how much, because as you said, I don't really have anything to compare it to, but I think it's certainly right. growing, if anything. I, a lot of my friends sort of give me a hard time because I, when I'm with them, I'm either talking about fraternity life or being <laughs> Jewish or stay pressed. Like that, that's it. Those are the only three things that I ever talk about and, or ho- and hockey specifically. But all of my friends know that I'm, I'm just, I, I, completely love working with state press and it's it's something that i fill my time with and i really and really really enjoy it um so I, they they are given all of the hockey information that i have just to spew and talk about nonstop. <laughs> and it, i'm willing to bet that it drives them crazy but they just oh i can't count on it they i by god i don't know how they put up with it but they find a way but I, so i appreciate all my friends but uh, but um I, uh, I, I think it's certainly picking up for sure. And I think, it, as I said earlier, it's nothing but a good thing. I'm sure that Oceanside will obviously continue to be the home, or maybe the home of some other teams. I don't know, or maybe it, they'll turn it into a practice facility or something. I don't really know what the program's future plans are with Oceanside, but I want to know that it'll, it'll always have a, a special place in the team's heart. But I'm sure they're really excited to get to a new arena and have the, uh, the campus buzzing and getting excited about it. All right. Well, as, as you know, far. Avery, probably I'm as no, you know, ahead, probably uh, as well as Scott does, they turn away a lot of students at those home games e- every game because they just can't fit them in. No, you're right. You're right. I've uh, Some of my friends, because they're like, hey, are you going to be working the game? I'll, yeah, I'll be in the press box. Oh, cool. I'm going to come. And then, you know, they texted me after. I was like, hey, I couldn't get in. And I didn't get there early enough. And I, I like to show up relatively early for games just because I have nothing else to do because, you know, I don't do much, but um, I, I like to show up to games a couple hours earlier, an hour and a half earlier or anything, and there's already people there. It's, the, it's, it's, it's great, and it's also a little freaky, but it's, it's great. As someone who's an avid sports fan, my dad and I always go to sports games, and he likes to get there nine hours early, so I totally understand yeah. it. But it, it's, it's a really cool thing to see that it's, it, people care, you know, and when people care and they're willing yeah. to go, go the extra mile for stuff like that, it, it's, it's pretty uh, – I wouldn't say rewarding for me, but I, I'm sure the players appreciate it and the program appreciates it, and it's it'll hopefully uh, grow in magnitude when they have more seats to fill. Listen, and don't feel bad about that whole drive your friends nuts thing because <laughs> I, uh, I know somebody that did the exact same thing, and I don't know if this is good or bad for you, but I know somebody that did almost the exact same thing at, at, at a campus radio station pretty darn close to where you go to school. So uh, just know that you're just the next one in line. Don't don't feel that uh, you have to change one bit as far as I'm concerned. Sounds good. That's encouraging. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Avery, I'm going to wrap it up with my final two questions for you. The first one is that, uh, you know, obviously with this new facility and with the growth of hockey in the desert Southwest, the, the next topic that's been brought up and it's uh, secret as the uh, building itself is, will that lead to a women's NCAA program at some point in the near future? And then the second part of that is the location of it being near Packard Stadium, being near the football stadium, Sun Devil Stadium, being near the weight facilities. How cool is that going to be? And how important do you think that's going to be in recruiting now that you have a true on-campus facility? 
All right, so I'll answer that question, or sorry, I'll answer the, the, the women's question first. In, in the effort of full disclosure, I'm not super uh, knowledgeable about the women's teams. I do know that the women's club team made, made the playoffs before it was canceled or was top 20. I want to say top 20 in the country, which is great for them. That's awesome. Uh, Reagan Smith, as I mentioned earlier, he, I, he's a Cronkite student. He covers the women's team. I think he's a beat reporter for the women's team. So if you have any uh, questions about it, I'd certainly ask him because he can definitely uh, discuss it in further detail or greater detail than I will be able to. But the fact that they have a women's team itself, I think is great and it's awesome. And hopefully they, uh, they get D1. I, I think that would be really good for the program, not just for the men, but also for the women. And to be able to say that you would be, uh, that you have two division one NCAA programs in non-tradition in a non-traditional area of the country. And they're both good and gaining steam is great. I think that's a really unique thing that this university would be able to say, should that come to fruition? The second thing about the whole stadium on campus recruiting stuff is I think that, is certainly a huge addition to the program because I'm sure that when players like Cole Brady, uh, who is a, a draft pick and a really highly recruited goaltender going out to tour colleges and everything, and they look at what schools have to throw at them and what they have to offer. And, oh, we have this cool dorm and we have this new nice stadium. And then you come to ASU and you go to Oceanside and you're like, oh, this isn't as nice as the, uh, the other places, but where they have cool jerseys and like there's, they're bought into the program and then they know the guys and they think it's a good place that they want to beco- become a part of. I think that says a lot about what they've built and what coach powers has developed in his short time as the leader of this program without the big hoorah pizzazz thing image of a nice stadium. If you, not to say that the stadium is the only thing that matters because it's certainly not, but if you're able to get really, really good players at a, at a really young time in the program and just keep adding greater, better things to it, it's, it's bound to get better. And I think that they've done a really good job of that and the players will, will enjoy it and take advantage of it. And certainly save a lot on gas money because I know that, you know, it stinks having to commute to Oceanside every week. I, I have to go once a week and I lose my mind when I look at the, uh, the Uber charges or whatever. But for the players to save a lot of money on gas, I'm sure they'll, they'll appreciate. And being able to go to a nice new arena in a couple of years uh, will mean a lot to them. All right, Paul, you got one final one for them? Uh, I do. Uh, it does pertain to recruiting. Uh, so just how far, out of curiosity, is South Lake, Texas, from where you are? So currently in San Antonio, it's nowhere near San Antonio because it's in No, I mean, you're in your home. <laughs> no, your yeah, home. Yeah. So I, I currently live in Plano, Texas, which is about 20 to 25 minutes north of downtown Dallas. Uh, okay. South Lake is, a, is about 45 minutes to an hour away. It is. Okay. I actually don't know for sure, so I'm looking it up on my phone. But uh, it is so okay. So it's northwest Dallas. So I'm straight north of downtown. South Lake is west and a little north of Dallas. I think it's a pretty nice area. I know some people that went to the high school there, South Lake Carroll, which is a really, really good. They have a really good high school right. football program there, so they're pretty right. big. Uh, it's a big school, but I think it's good. I I I don't know how much time uh, Ryan O'Reilly spent in South Lake before he want to play junior or anything, but it's a nice area. Texas is a, is a great place. I, re, I'm, I love living here. People are always nice. Uh, it's really big, so you have to drive really far to get places, which is kind of unfortunate, but in all in all, I can't really complain about it because it's a pretty awesome place to be, but yeah. I think it's really good that there's a place that, um, you know, they're, they're, the, the program is getting players from non-traditional hockey markets, and there's also another player named Ryan Robinson who is slated to come in 2021, I believe, and he's actually from Plano, my hometown. So I don't know him personally, but to know that right. there's another Plano person that'll be there, that'll be pretty uh, pretty cool for the program, I think, too. Not that, you know, that's really huge or important or anything, but it's, you know, well, a nice little accolade to mention. Yeah, I was, just, I was just curious because, you know, obviously uh, to, at a certain point, uh, guys have to leave where they're from to, to increase the competition level that they're playing against. Uh, just letting you know that we're expecting some inside stuff. Uh, you know, when it comes to writing some stories, we expect you to be the head of the curve when it comes to O'Reilly because, you know, Texans stick together, right? Absolutely. I'll see what I can do. But, uh, yeah, something that I've – I'll just mention this quickly and then I'll, I'll get out of your guys' hair. But something oh, that – as long as you want. The, something that I think that the, NH, the Dallas Stars – and the NHL have done a really, really good job of that other teams in non-traditional markets don't really touch on much is developing junior leagues and junior teams, you know, midget teams or whomever, developing a hockey community 
in a non-traditional market, I think is really important to keeping the community engaged and keeping hockey players coming out of those areas. So yeah, Arizona, I know as well, has a junior, you know, program. I think even Austin Matthews played in it for a little bit before he went overseas and everything. And so I think that that's a really important and good way to get players recognized and recruited and signed uh, and recognized in places like Dallas or Arizona or wherever you have uh, non-traditional uh, hockey markets as opposed to Toronto or Montreal or what have you. Avery, thanks for joining us. Just, just to let you know, you're welcome anytime. And secondly is you can now boast over Coach Powers that you lasted longer on our podcast than he did because he was holding the title for a while, but you beat him tonight. So congratulations on edging him. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. I don't, I don't know if I get a trophy or a medal for that, but I'll take the, I'll take the compliment and be satisfied with that. So thank you. I really appreciate it. Listen, my no friend, problem. I told you I've got a hat for you. So as, uh, as soon as you get back to Arizona, I've got one saved for you. Even got a nice custom pen for you as well. Wow. Thank you guys so much. It's, it's always a pleasure to come on the program and talk with you guys. And Scott, hopefully I'll be able to see you in the near future at Oceanside because if not, we could be there in three years <laughs> when this stuff ends because I have no idea what's going to happen. But Nobody thank you all again for, for, for bringing me on. It's always a pleasure to talk with you guys. So thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. Avery Klatsky from uh, Arizona State State Press joining us. Always good stuff. If uh, you get a chance to read his work, he is a fantastic writer at such a young age and will only get better with time. Um, Paul and I will be back to wrap things up in another edition of College Hockey Southwest Weekly in one minute. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit ease. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. All right, we're back. Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona. Paul Hornstein out in beautiful Long Island, New York. The uh, the home of the Long Island University Sharks. We can yeah. say that now. It's, and not just Team 61 anymore, Paul. There are the, the Long Island University Sharks. Um, yeah, I know. R- right down the street from you. Uh, what is it, like a five-minute walk oh, or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. It depends. Uh, I think how, we how talked about this wind before. Is <laughs> uh, no, it depends. Without traffic, uh, maybe 35 minutes. With traffic, six hours. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm well right. aware. Another great show. Uh, Avery is a great guest always. Um, we're running out of time, so without any further ado, I'm going to let you take it away and, and send us off with uh, a little salute to our uh, great sponsors that help make this show go. All right, College Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Sprint, a brighter future for all. See our friend Andre in Paradise Valley at the Cactus and Tatum store and let him find you the right deal. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila for the best margaritas and more. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com. Buy Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Call ahead for pickup or citywide delivery with a fee at 702-541-5546. Or go to jessieraysbarbecue.com and get yourself some of that Fallen Angel barbecue sauce that I got this week. Outstanding. Behind the mask. The season might be on hold, but your need for equipment is not. Order online at behindthemask.com or call 1-480-998-1260 for curbside pickup. Buy summer skates, shower shoes, koozie, and more. Show your game in comfort and style. Visit summerskates.com. By College Bar and Grill, call them at 1-480-588-6451 to place your order to pick up for lunch or dinner on your way home. Oceanside Ice Arena, home of the Devil's Hockey Shop for all of your ASU hockey merchandise. By OxyPow, introducing the new line of all-natural hand sanitizers. Visit the full line of natural cleaning products at oxypow.com. By M-Drive, go to mdriveformen.com and use the promo code ICETIMESW at checkout for 20% off. 
M Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. Buy the Ice Den, Scottsdale, and Chandler. Practice home of the Arizona Coyotes and home of the Coyotes Youth Development Program. College Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at that Podbean app, as well as the iTunes Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and Stitcher. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Another great show, another great guest, and another great send-off by our, uh, our own Paul Hornstein from Long Island, New York. Let's kick it away and uh, set things up for next week with a little De Niro from Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Have a good night, folks.